0: guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it is time for the annual Up in Flames episode. This time we're burning 2022 to the ground.
1: That's right. Although,
0: it was a pretty good year. I would say it's a very impressive year, actually. We're not going to be burning a whole lot to the ground. I think I have mostly positive things to say about the 41 horror movies that I logged this year on Butterbots. Yeah, I watched something around there too. Yep, we're pretty neck and neck
1: for the first time really. Well, I've watched a lot of horror this year even though I didn't finish my list.
0: Nor did I. Like there are still some things that I need to see, so obviously like these lists may be a little premature, but you know, this is what we do every year. We ejaculate this episode prematurely.
1: <laughs> well, luckily there's some overlap, right?
0: Yeah. So the some, some of the things that you haven't seen I have and vice sure. versa. That's right. So we have a lot of things to talk about. Right. Do you want to kick things off by going through our actual top 10s and then discussing all the wonderfulness that was 2022 horror? Sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. So my number 10 was something that we saw at the Overlook Film Festival in New Orleans. Okay. Right. And so this is called Hypochondriac.
0: Oh, that's also on my list. Where is it on your list? Um, it's number seven. Okay. Not to confuse people, but right. I'll probably say it again. But yes, it's also <laughs> on my list. Actually, there are several things from the Overlook. On my list, my I, top 10.
1: Yeah, I would say at, at least one,
0: <laughs> now that I'm looking at it.
1: Some <laughs> things got pushed off into like a number 11, and, you know, but um, yeah, Hypochondriac. So this is a movie, if you haven't seen it, it's LGBT, yes. right? So it's about a gay guy who's dealing with his mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's very horror adjacent. It's not wasn't as much horror as I thought it was, but still, I would still firmly put it in that camp. You know, but uh, it was a surprise, and it's genuinely heartfelt. And uh, if someone can make me anxious and scared and also cry in the same movie, then you've you've won. So
0: I mean, a hundred percent agreed. And I mean, look, this does fall a little higher on my list than yours. But um, I was looking forward to seeing this movie just based on the buzz that I had seen from other festivals that it had played. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really ready to see it. I just wasn't prepared to love it as much as I did. I really, really loved this movie a lot. And I think having the director there to talk about it afterward was also kind of special. Yeah. And, um, he really put a lot of himself into this movie and I just fucking adored it. And also, I mean, like the LGBT aspect of it was good and I don't think we get to see a lot of movies about or like that
1: really. Yeah. And it was very much incidental. It wasn't about being gay. No, at all. Which it was I about love. mental illness, yeah. you know,
0: and um, I'm like that. You, I mean, like it was very horror adjacent, you know. And I think that was a continuing theme in 2022 overall. I feel like we got a really large amount of very, very good horror adjacent movies, yeah. Right, and so that will probably continue to be a theme through our list,
1: right? And again, all of our lists are going to be on Letterboxed, mm-hmm. and I think both of our top tens I'm going to put in the show notes.
0: Yep. And so. we typically put out a little a little infographic uh, on our socials, That's so right. they will all be available there. That's right. So um My number ten was something that we also watched at the Overlook Film Festival, but it was a pretty popular and surprisingly critically acclaimed like tentpole horror movie, and that was The Black Phone.
1: Right, and this was our favorite from the the festival, which we kind of begrudgingly admitted, right, because. We didn't think it was going to be like the pop, the popcorn horror movie. You know that that was our favorite. There, we we probably wanted to be a little more pretentious than that. Yeah, but it ended up, and it's really nothing original. There's really almost nothing original about this movie, and it feels very Stephen King because, yeah. it of course, it's written by his son. By his son. And, uh, you know, we didn't expect it. Most of you have probably seen this movie. And if you haven't, then definitely go and see it. It's a good watch. It's just a really well done, solid horror movie. That's
0: right. And very unexpected. One of the biggest surprises, I think, from this year alone. Because I remember us walking into that screening and we were like, ugh, this is going to suck and blah, blah, blah. And, like, by the end of it, I was fucking crying and, like, ready to clap.
1: Because the trailer sucked.
0: The trailer was awful. Yeah. And... Luckily, the movie turned out to be nothing like the fucking trailer.
1: Well, it was. It's just poorly put together and doesn't give you the the emotional hits that the actual movie does. Mm-hmm. And the movie's put together really, really well. And it's shot really, really well. And it's acted really, really well. Oh, yes. So uh, it's just really, really solid. There's just nothing new here. It's just a really good example of if your craft is like top notch and everything kind of comes together, then you can make something special, even if it's. From nothing, you know, wholly original.
0: And I think a lot of that can, like, a lot of that credit can go to Scott Derrickson, right? Because I mean, he really did a good job directing this movie.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if he dropped out of Doctor Strange two or whatever to do this, or was he separate. dropped out of it for know.
0: something. It may have been this. Yeah, but I'm kind of glad that he did. You know, I mean, not to begrudge Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange too, but. Like Scott Derrickson really made something very special. Yeah. And I'm glad that a lot of people went to go see this movie. And
1: Doctor Strange is on my list, my list of 40 movies, and it's number 17.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's somewhere on mine. It's kind of in the middle somewhere.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I forget. What's your number nine? My number nine is Deadstream. Ooh. And this kind of came out from nowhere. Yeah. Well, we were supposed to
0: see that at the Overlook.
1: We were. And we kind of missed it because they changed our fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think they changed it again, too, at some point. Like There was a little snafu at the Overlook, and we weren't too happy about it. over. Overall, we were really happy with the Overlook. Yes. It remains to be seen how happy we will be with it this year, because, of course, it's up to them to give us press credentials of some kind. I hope so. Since we did so much heavy lifting for them last year.
0: I still want to go, but if you're listening, Overlook, we did a lot of heavy lifting, and we're doing it again right now. So. That's true. So, yeah, Deadstream
1: is, I mean, the premise of it doesn't sound like a movie that I would want to watch. Right. And it's about like the YouTube influencer, you know, uh, kind of disgraced and trying to do, you know, it's making fun of like the Logan Pauls and the, and the people like that. And he goes to an actual haunted house. I don't know if he really believes he's going to a haunted house, but he's going there in a live stream. And so it's called Deadstream. Right. And it is it reminds me of Evil Dead. It's actually scary. In parts and hilarious and others. And by the end, it's like, it feels very Sam Raimi or homage to Sam Raimi. And it is definitely a great group watch.
0: Oh yeah. And it's just a lot of fucking fun. So I watched that movie twice this year, once on my own. And then again with you for your first watch. And it is a, it's a really fun movie. And I gave it really, a really high rating. I think I gave it four stars. It just didn't crack my top 10, but it is just a metric shit ton of fun to watch. It is. And that lead actor in that is just fucking
1: hilarious. And he was also the co-writer and
0: director, I believe. And it shows. I mean, like, that movie just made me laugh so, so much. I so. think he and his wife made this movie and, you know. And there it is. <laughs> it's great. So I'd like to see more of what they can do, actually. Me
1: too. What's your number nine?
0: My number nine is, again, something from The Overlook that we saw there that was later released on Shutter, And it's a movie called Watcher. Oh, that's my number 11. It just got pushed oh, uh. out. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I have been checking your list, like, religiously all year long. <laughs> really? Like, every time I go to add something to mine, I'm like, let me just look a- take a gander at Chris's, right? And Watcher has, like, been in the top 10 for a lot of your year, So, yeah, it must have gotten pushed back pretty recently. Yeah. But yeah, I think The Watcher Watcher is really good. Like that, this is one of the first movies that we saw at the festival and it was kind of a late showing, but I was enthralled with it. Like just like the Hitchcockian levels of suspense mm-hmm. and um, paranoia that are happening in this movie. And it's also kind of like a fish out of water thing with a woman being in like Eastern Europe and there's like a serial killer on the loose and she feels like the guy across the way from her in the next building is watching her and is also the serial killer. And she sort of like inserts herself into the goings on. And it's just a really good movie with a really satisfying ending, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, The ending, like I, I I really wanted to be more like supernatural. I remember watching it for the first time and really hoping it was some sort of vampire Mm -hmm. or something supernatural. And it wasn't spoiler alert, you know, but it, it is a really kind of, um, you know, is she insane? Is she, it's going along with that. Like you're getting, being gaslit by the movie and she's being gaslit by people around her and or dismissed, you know, and it's, it's kind of uh, a horror movie. That's about something else, right. It's about like trusting women and, you know, uh, you know, psychological trauma and psychological torture and, you know, paranoia and all these things. And I love that it takes place kind of in a foreign country Mm -hmm. uh, because that's one of the best things I loved about the grudge remake, Right. It was because it adds that whole layer of intense anxiety and isolation in a wide open space. Right. Because you can't speak the language and you can't really exist there on your own. And so it's super isolating and, and uh there's so many layers to this movie and I I really, really enjoyed watching.
0: her. Agreed. And I, I feel like a lot of the dialogue that's not in English, there's no subtitles for. So you really get put into like her situation, right? And I don't know. That actress continues to be just really, really good at her genre work. And I, whenever I see her in things, I just have to watch it and watch her. was excellent.
1: Right. And she was in It
0: Follows. It Follows and The Guest. Yep. Yeah. I mean, she's just great. Mm-hmm. What's your number eight? My number eight is Prey.
1: Oh. Yeah. I did not expect this. We all knew this movie was coming out. I expected it to be a pile of dog shit. Yep. <laughs> You know, uh, because that's what the Alien franchise has been giving us for low these many years,
0: in my opinion. Uh, I mean, like some of the newer stuff is fun, you know, but like. Well, the stuff having to do with predators, I yes, would say. Yeah.
1: Mostly. You know, because I want to say we, we re examined Prometheus and Covenant recently and we said, okay, we begrudgingly said, yes, these are good movies um, with some caveats. But uh, Prey, I, w- I want to say, is, you know, probably the best predator movie since the first one. I would agree. You know, and that's, I don't know if that's saying a lot, (laughs) but it's saying something and it is in my top 10 and it's just, it's a really good, tense, heartfelt thriller, simple as milk. It's with some ties to some scenes in predator, predator Mm two. And, uh, I, I really, really dug it and I want to watch it again.
0: I do too, actually. And, um, I'm glad it's in one of our top tens. It didn't quite crack mine. I think it's somewhere around 13, 14, Mm -hmm. but, um, I also was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I really liked the concept, right, of setting it like way in the past, Native American times, and having that kind of a character in it—that that female Native American character. My only like begrudging dislike of that movie was that it was in English. You know, like I really feel like they should have done. Something, yeah, yeah, a little bit yeah. Over. I
1: wanted them to like kind of dance this with wolves at a little bit. Oh yeah, you know.
0: But I mean, really, really good. Surprisingly good, because like you, I was prepared to be like ho-hum about it, and it turned out to be just fantastic.
1: So I believe they went back and they did an ADR, like a foreign language version of the Native American language. Oh. But- I was hoping that they (laughs) would actually come out and actually do it, you know, Mm -hmm. I would have loved it with subtitles because a lot of this is like not a lot of talking and and action, you know, it's visual storytelling. Yes. So I don't know. That's a missed opportunity. And if it had been in in that foreign language, then probably would have been closer to my number one or something.
0: Uh, Yeah, it would have cracked my top 10 for sure if that were the thing. But um, I still think it's an excellent movie. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad I'm glad that one of us have it in, in our top 10 because I think it was a really special movie. Yeah. What's your number eight? My number eight is Who Invited Them? That
1: was a fun movie. I think that was our favorite, beside the black phone. Yes. That was our favorite from the Overlook Film Festival.
0: I think that was the most fun that we had watching a movie at the Overlook Film Festival.
1: It was. Because it's snarky and tongue-in-cheek and we're snarky and tongue-in-cheek. So it was just kind of a match made in heaven.
0: It really was. And I wasn't expecting to laugh as much as I did.
1: It's also like a version of the strangers that we can actually like sit through and not like shit ourselves. Exactly.
0: I mean, like there are some horrific parts to it, but even the horrific parts are still tongue in cheek and jokes. Right. This movie was like joke after joke, after joke, after joke. And like the acting was just phenomenal, especially Perry Matfield. Right. Oh my God.
1: She's just, she was like a breakout. I really want to see more of her. I do.
0: She was so good in this movie. And like all year long after we watched it, I like, I was like, God, when, as soon as it comes out, I am going to tell everybody in the world to go and watch this fucking movie. Yeah. And I did. So like when people would ask me like friends or family, I'm like, they're like, well, what's a good horror movie to watch? I'm like, well, I mean, it's horror adjacent It's more of a comedy, but go and watch this. You know, that also shows me that almost nobody that I know has Shudder aside from you. Yeah. Or they could have AMC Plus and watch it. That's true. Yeah. Now. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, I rewatched it and I didn't rate it as highly. And so it got pushed down to number 18 for me. Okay. But cool. anything like basically at number 20 and above for me are really good movies. Uh-huh. And so there's going to be some special mentions in there. And who invited them would be one of them
0: yes i just i thought it was fucking fantastic uh what's your number seven
1: resurrection oh okay yes and this has one of our favorite actresses who we enjoyed in the night house Uh uh-huh uh, Rebecca Hall. Yes, Rebecca Hall. And she does an amazing job. And so does Tim Roth, who is an acting powerhouse, as usual. Uh-huh. But this is also about like a, a past history and an old life and the paranoia that comes with past trauma and coming back. And also kind of a similar theme to Watcher. Yes. But this one, you know something is happening. And the main character, you're not exactly the audience for, right? Like uh, She's keeping her cards close to the chest as well from the audience. And so it's a little bit more, I want to say adult, Mm -hmm. much, it's very adult horror, especially that ending. Oh my God. You know? And so, uh, this is kind of a surprise. And so if you get triggered by certain things, then, you know, gore or weird things having to do with, Things I'm not going to (laughs) spoil.
0: I guess I can't warn you. Yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to not because the ending kind of comes out of nowhere, right? And the entire movie is very, very fucking uncomfortable to watch. Like, I was squirmy the entire time just because, like, you're, you're watching this woman sort of, like, revert to the things that she experienced in her trauma, right? And it's just so hard to fucking watch, but the acting is so good. It's brilliant. It draws you into it, right? Um, This movie is coming up later on my list because I really fucking enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty high on your list, I think.
0: I walked out of that movie giving it five stars. I stand by my five-star rating. And, um, you know, at that film festival, you were supposed to mark like movies that you want to win or whatever and like turning your ballot or whatnot. And that was the one I was like, I I feel like this movie needs to be the top of this festival. I thought it was just fucking great. Yeah. I also feel like if you're talking about like Academy Award worthy performances. Yeah.
1: This would rise to the pile for me.
0: Yeah. This is full on Tony Collette hereditary area. Right. I feel like Rebecca Hall is not getting the dues that she's deserved at this point. Yeah. Like, she's just brilliant in everything that she's in. and At least throw a Saturn at her. You know what I mean? Something. A Golden Globe. I mean, my God. A People's Choice. Whatever. I don't care. I mean, like, give the woman some awards, because the Night House last year was toward the top of both of our lists, and we had nothing but excellent things to say about Rebecca Hall. Yeah. And here it is just the following year, and we're doing something very similar. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly guys, go check out Resurrection for sure. It's on Shutter. What's your number 7? My number 7 is Hypochondriac. <gasps> oh. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit already. Yeah, so we did. Excellent film. What's your number 6? My number 6 is The Menu. Okay, something that's coming up on my list
1: as well. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't I didn't expect this. I didn't expect it to be as horror-adjacent as it is. And it is a, very much a horror movie, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and so it's like uh, there's a very selective list of people who are invited to basically, uh, you know, a very prestigious restaurant, an exclusive restaurant. And this guy is making everyone their food, and the the, the menu tells a story. The menu of the movie tells a story, and the menu the food tells a story. Menu tells a story. <laughs> and uh, this also has, of course, Cow Eyes. Yes, Anya Taylor. Anya <laughs> Taylor-Joy. And Nicholas Holt and uh, John Leguizamo, which I always love seeing. And uh, God, there's lots of people. Ray in Fine. Him. Ray Fine, obviously. You know, he's the, the main character. The chef. He's so good. Yeah. And there's another character in there as well. John Leguizamo's
0: in this? I mean.
1: I mentioned him, but I mean, the, there's uh, the woman, the, the wife of the senator.
0: Oh, uh, Judy Light. Yeah, who? what has she played? Judith Light was in uh, Who's the Boss? For yes, many, many she was the boss. That's yeah. it. I recognize her. <laughs> uh, Tony Danza? Ghast. Where's Tony Danza? The Gast in this movie is really,
1: really good. Oh, excellent. I mean, it's just as excellent as the, you know, pre-prepared. I mean, it's just exclusive and, and perfect and prepared as the menu on in the, inside the movie.
0: So we talked about the trailer for this on a shooting the flames. Yeah. And just based on that trailer, I was like, I am down. I am ready for this fucking movie. Of course. Cause you're like a licensed or certified chef. Or yeah. I mean, I work in food service, yeah. you know, I've gone to culinary school and I understand what that world is like, you know, and the blind devotion to yes, your chef. <laughs> chef. I mean, yes. Do you know how often I say that every fucking day? Mm-hmm. And like, I was just in it for that. And also like Anya Taylor-Joy, I just love cow eyes and I was ready for this movie. So I saw it in the theater opening weekend. I was there and I just fucking loved it. Like I can't even like put into words how yeah. much I love this movie from its structure to its acting We're- to it's not horror adjacency. It's a full on fucking horror yeah, movie. I-,
1: I would agree. And I gave it a, f- a full four point five for me. Like, I gave it that's five stars. Pretty close. Like, In
0: fact, I think like I think I gave more five stars this year than I have over any fucking year.
1: Yeah, the only problem I had with it, and we could deep dive this later. is to. like I really wanted the Ray Fine character to. It was kind of hinted at that he had this kind of uh, basic instinct-y kind of intellect, okay. right? And it, and it kind of falls apart a little bit there at the end, you know. And I really wanted everything, including her, her ending, Kai's ending, to be uh, part of the plan. And it didn't seem that way to me. Um, and that's the only like nitpick I have with the story because I really wanted to like go into that intellect, you know? But um it's a near perfect movie for me.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a perfect movie for me. And I we have to deep dive this sometime in the future because I do want to talk about that intellect too, because I think he does have that kind of basic instinct intellect, but I think he has a foil in Anya Taylor Joy's yeah. character, and that makes his plan completely impossible to do she she fucks it up for him and this movie again like i feel like there's a lot of comedy this year in horror and i love it when we have some like comedic moments in horror movies because i just like that feeling Mm -hmm. and this movie was no exception it made me laugh a lot like i just really fucking enjoyed this movie yeah we're gonna mention it again in a
1: little bit oh agreed. yeah
0: what's your number six my number six is a movie called bones and all
1: Oh, a movie called Bones and All with Timothy Chalamet. Yes, with the fucking Luca Chalamet. Luca
0: Who I love as a director for some reason, although his movies are almost always the same at this point. It's like a lot of exterior shots. It's very bucolic or whatever. But the man can make a fucking horror movie, including Call Me By Your Name, I guess, for some people. Mm. I mean, there's a cum peach. Come on, if that's not horror. That's adjacent. horror adjacent. <laughs> it's horrid juice. It's horrid juicent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this movie is uh, it's fucking gross is what it is it's gory right I mean like we're talking about cannibals like you literally are watching people like chow down on a fucking body and but it's also incredibly heartfelt like I really enjoy the characters a lot it's very long and like parts of it I can see how like the general public would think are kind of a slog but I just like this man's movies yeah and I think that people should go and see it for sure
1: What's your number five? My number five is the black phone.
0: Okay, good. Oh, high on your list. It is.
1: Yeah, I actually go back and I look at my ratings, right? I don't Mm -hmm. like emotionally number these. I I order them by rating. So if there's like three, 4.5s or whatever, I have to like, then I
0: have to make kind of an emotional rating. But that's how I construct my lists. I try to do that as I watch them, you know, and then like... Like I do at the end of every year. I go and I'm like, no, this movie deserves to be higher than this one now that I've had like two months to think about it and so on. But good. I'm glad that movie's higher on your list than mine because it definitely deserves to be there. Yeah. For sure.
1: What's your number five?
0: My number five is a movie called The Batman. The Batman? A movie that I put off and put off and put off watching because of its length, its girthiness.
1: Yeah. I think it's near three hours. Yeah. Something like that? Maybe a little over? It's definitely, kind of, it's close to an epic. It's the closest thing to an epic that Batman has gone, and you wouldn't expect it to be anyway. No. You know, it's also the most David Finchian. Oh, yes. And most horror adjacent that any, especially with that intro and some of those moments throughout that film, uh, where it's treating Batman as kind of like a horror movie villain.
0: It and, and it does, and rightfully so. And it's treating the villains like horror movie villains, like times 10, you know? Yeah. And I, I love it because... A, it proves you right, right? When you're like, you need to watch this movie, you'll love it. And I'm like, oh, but it's so long or whatever, right? And then I finally sit down and watch it. And I remember watching The Batman With You and just like having this fucking grin on my face the entire time because it's such a well-made movie.
1: Really? The cinematography, I, w- I would have expected some sort of Oscar technical category nomination. It
0: got nominated for three Oscars today.
1: okay. I would have really expected some sort of acting nod to Colin Farrell for his work as like I guess the penguin, because he just completely disappears in that role. And it's not like a over-the-top cartoony penguin, right? This is like a real world gangster type of Christopher Nolan-esque villain.
0: Yes. And I I feel like if we're talking about like Academy Award worthiness or whatnot, out of ten nominees for Best Picture, I feel like the Batman. Really deserves to be there. I thought that it was an excellent movie. It's another five-star movie for me. Didn't expect that either. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. I didn't expect to be scared as much as I was. And it really is just, like, a really taut comic book horror movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, based on our conversation on Batman Returns just a couple months ago, or last month in December, and talking about this, like, Batman is... More than horror, Jason. I feel like all of its entries. It, the potential
1: is there. Yes. And this is like this. There's a reason like people say it's kind of David Fincher because it kind of looks and feels like that because it kind of plays like seven.
0: It does. It looks like seven. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's such a good movie. And I am so thankful that I watched it out of everything that's in my top 10. Um, the movie that I wanted to rewatch the most this year. Was the Batman.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've watched it probably three times at this point just showing people because it's such a good movie to show people on a good system. Yeah. Because the sound is so amazing and the looks are so – there's some of the most cinematic moments in all of cinema from this year are in the Batman, that car chase and and just a lot of like, uh, you know, just sitting with Gotham and, and sitting with Batman moments that are just really, really well shot and they sound really, really great. So, I don't know, like, I can't tell enough people, like, if you haven't checked it out, if you're not, like, if you're not, like, a comic book movie fan or something, this does not feel like a comic book movie.
0: At all. Because I'm genuinely, genuinely not a comic book fan, you know? Like, some of the movies are good, but I mean, like I said before, I've like suffered from a little Marvel fatigue, yeah. which I'm slowly getting out of, you know, and, I mean, and I'm getting into, <laughs> and oh, so now I'm ready to go back and start watching the things that I've missed. And you're like, no, but, uh, that's fucking hilarious. Of course. <laughs> but no, the Batman is really, really fucking amazing. And I, I feel like everybody should watch this one as well. Yeah. What's your number four?
1: My number four is Adult Swim's Yule Log.
0: It was <laughs> <laughs> so close to making my top chat. I think it's number 11.
1: Now, like, I really can't say, like, uh, with these other movies that they came out of nowhere because Yule Log really did come out of nowhere. There was literally no trailer. There was no, and that was by intention. They just right. put this on TV, and it was like Adult Swim's Yule Log, and it literally is a fireplace just playing, you know, the, the fire or whatever, and it slowly kind of pans out and you see things going on, and people are watching this, kind of like this director did uh, Too Many Cooks, if you've seen that on YouTube from years ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a couple of other things he did. If you watched Mandy, he did the Cheddar Goblin <laughs> I love the Cheddar
0: Goblin. It's the best part of Mandy. <laughs> oh, Cheddar
1: Goblin. <laughs> it is the best part. It's the only good part of Mandy. But uh, Adult Swim Log is just like it's a horror movie fans movie for horror movies. Exactly. You know, it's like a love letter to horror movie fans, right? And not, much, not many other people. <laughs> but it has everything. And uh, I'm not going to, I just cannot spoil this. We can't. I cannot spoil this movie, but it is definitely in my top five of the year and is probably the most fun, solidly, of all of the movies on my list.
0: It is a lot of fun. And
1: there's a lot of fun movies this year.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm kind of surprised it didn't crack my top ten because I really enjoyed it so yeah, much. I was disappointed to see that. It's, it was so close. It was so close. But this is such a good year, you know? And so even a movie as fun and as like tailor-made for horror fans as Yule Log, I just it didn't quite make it. And, but I'm glad that you love it so much. In fact, like I wanted to watch it and I was just like, okay, I'm hearing all this buzz. I'm reading things on social media about it. And then you're like, you need to watch this movie. It's crazy. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, and I even told someone I was watching it. Um, I I was like, oh, I'm watching this adult swim horror movie. And they're like, question mark, question mark. Oh my God. No one knows this movie exists. And so I'm fucking HBO max for crying out loud. Like it's just fucking bonkers. Yes. And
1: I, uh, one of the, like the biggest disappointments of this year for me, was like watch seeing that you had added it to your watched list. And I was like, damn it. I really wanted to show him that myself. I should have said that because I would have loved to see that just like with you.
0: I was like freaking out and having the best time. So I, here, I'll paint a little picture for you. Okay. (laughs) If I may, I, uh, had taken a gummy earlier for another movie. And so my gummy was like already set. Right? And I was like, all right, I'm just going to move on to Yule Log. We're going to see how crazy this is. Yeah, And as the movie kept going on, I was getting louder and louder and louder with my comments to myself. <laughs> I was just like, what? Or what the fuck? And I was just like, by the end of the movie... I was having such a good fucking time because I didn't know what was going to come next. And that doesn't happen a lot with horror movies. You you never. You cannot fucking guess
1: what's going to happen next in this movie because it just...
0: Because there's no way.
1: Yeah. Because it
0: has everything, you know? (laughs) Like, if you you have loved at least one horror movie in your life, you will love your log. (laughs) I mean, that's it. It's got everything. It's got a fire. It's got a wooden log. It's got stuff things <laughs> just go watch it we cannot we, Fire can't spoil this. we will we will spoil lots of movies but we cannot spoil adult swims Yule log
1: right what's your number four
0: my number four is a movie that i don't think you liked near as much as i did and it's a movie called the hatching i liked it uh you know it ended up being
1: where did it end up being it's my number 27
0: <laughs> was i <laughs> yeah far lower on your list than mine yeah I really enjoyed this movie and I can't quite tell you why I found the characters really good. I really, I really identified with that, that younger girl. Right.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: I didn't. That's queer to say, but at all, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I kind of, I felt for her. I felt bad for her. And there are lots of movies that I watched this year about like kids being in like bad situations, The you innocence. know, like the Ugh. innocence. Yeah. Which I also really liked. But I'm
1: surprised I didn't break your top ten.
0: I moved it out because I, I watched half of it over again and I was just like, okay, this movie's depressing
1: and really depressing. And there's some like
0: do they kill the dog dot com or whatever the fuck it's actually yeah. a cat and don't. And I mean it's like the innocence itself is like, you know, kid on kid violence or whatever. And I I, yeah. I kinda liked the, the comic book aspect of that movie kind of like by proxy, but I mean I moved it out of my top ten. But hatching is good. I feel like we we see this girl who is just doing her best in life and feels completely out of place in her family and is essentially like mothering a monster that is herself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's a lot to unpack in that movie, I think, after multiple viewings. I really dug the creature. I thought it was cool. And I don't know. I just I just really enjoyed all of it. I didn't like the creature. I know you did. That thought it was lame. That makes me sad. I thought it was neat. I liked it. I liked it more when it was bird-like, but... Yeah. I mean, like, as it changes into more of her, it's still kind of, like, fucking gnarly sometimes. And I don't know. There's, there's something about watching a character Spire. have to deal with the duality of something like that and essentially have to try to, like, kill herself in a way. I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. I thought it was really, really good. I know that... Um, it was on like some other pundits, like top tens and things like that. And I think that's deserving, but I, I think this movie is probably a little more polarizing than I thought.
1: Yeah. Either we'll be into it or you won't.
0: Yeah. And I think that's probably the case with this one. Yeah. So what's your number three? My number three is the
1: Batman. Hmm. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> again, higher on your list and a good spot for that. I feel like this movie has got to be somewhere in everyone's horror top five for this. Yeah, show.
1: and it's just horror adjacent enough to be solidly on this list.
0: While we're talking about that, I think one of the best parts about 2022, and I think we've already mentioned this a little bit, is that we got a lot of really good horror adjacency. And I think that filmmakers are now like sort of leaning into horror. A lot more not being afraid to be more horror-esque in some of their work, right? And I think the Batman is a really good example of that. And I think we've gotten a lot of that like across the board, even in like comic book films, like we said, comedies, even like dramatic work about like an expression of mental illness, right? Like a lot of things on my list, I think people would consider horror adjacent or even not horror at all. Yeah. But that makes me happy. Well, my number three is something that, that we've already talked about as well, and that's Resurrection. So, yeah,
1: really yeah, high up on your list.
0: Really high. I really, really fucking dug this movie. I think, under other circumstances, if the next two movies on my list didn't exist this year, it'd be number one. And for the longest time, After that film festival that we saw in June, it was, it was number one all the way up until like,
1: yeah, you really fell in love with this movie.
0: I really did. And I was expecting high thing, high stuff from it. I was really expecting the community to latch on. There's nothing
1: better than having really high expectations and then being
0: rewarded for those expectations. I just really, I really wanted other people to like talk about this movie and I feel like no one really is. Yeah. And that makes me sad. I don't even know where it's playing. It's on Shudder. Shudder? Okay. But yeah, Resurrection was really, really good. And um, it was number one for a huge chunk of my year. God, so.
1: I just miss the days when people just could go to their local like Blockbuster and pick these up. And if they don't have an account, they just say, well, screw it. It's not worth a monthly fee. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, these, these times, they're a-changing.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you want to see good films. I don't know.
1: Maybe to. you can rent it
0: on Amazon. I don't know. Probably, I guess. We'll see. Anyway,
1: What's your number two? My number two is a film called You Won't Be Alone. <sighs> I watched this with you. You showed this to me? Yes. And I'm probably, it's, 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 there's one thing always on my list that like no one
0: else likes but me.
1: Like last year it was the Green Knight, you know, and everyone was like, hmm. And, uh, this year it's, you won't be alone. And I just felt like this movie, is very, very special. And it's really like the director grew up, he's American, I think. And, but he has like Macedonian roots. And so he really wanted to show like the, the life of his like grandparents and how it was and this, how special that land was before it disappears. And so he wanted to show like the lives of of these people, but through the lens of this horror movie. And so you won't be alone is about witches, right? Mm -hmm. And so these witches are basically a different species right they can become animals they can become other people and they can live their lives out potentially as you know a little girl or an, an, a man or a woman or anything you a dog and they can live multiple lives and this is a girl who had been kind of cooped up in a cave to protect herself from this witch the witch gets her anyway and so she is experiencing the world and she's also the audience for the first time every drop of water every you know, tree branch, every babbling brook, you know, is hers to explore and experience for the first time. And then living her life as a girl and a woman and a man and experiencing all of those different types of lives for the first time, but through the lens of, of horror, but also kind of hope and wonder is so special and unique to me um, that I just, I, I could not put it any lower on my list.
0: I feel like this is somewhere in the middle of the movies that I watched this year. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was beautiful. Right? It was a really well-made and like pretty movie to watch. I feel like this is one that I need to watch again, right? Like like some other movies that we've talked about in our top 10, I feel like a second watch would add a, a lot more to it, right? And this is just one of the ones I need to watch again. Yeah. I feel like I would appreciate it a lot more having seen it once and thought about it and then going to watch it again.
1: It's definitely my pretentious placement
0: (laughs) in this list. I don't think it's pretentious though. I think, I mean, I think it's an accessible movie. I just think there's a lot going on in it.
1: I thought it was going to be crimes of the future, but that's (laughs) literally at the bottom of the list.
0: (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) We're going to talk about that in just a minute. What's your number two? My number two is, um, it's a fucking Marvel movie of all things. And it's werewolf by night. Yes. Yes.
1: Queen. This movie, it's it's not a short film. Nope. And it's not. Well, it's not a long film. It's not a feature
0: <laughs> film either. I, it's
1: kind of. It's a. Fee- it's like a short feature. Yes. You know, it's an. It's like a, what? It's like fifty-five minutes or an hour. Yeah, long. I think it's just a little over an hour. So it's like barely like you know the shortest Disney animated features are like an hour and two minutes or an hour, 10 minutes or something. So this is around there, but it tells a complete story in a way, Mm -hmm. right. They could have had like a kind of a middle part, you know, or, or a beginning part to this story, but who cares because it was so well done. And this is by first time director, Michael Giacchino, who we all know from doing all of his scores for things like Dr. Strange or all of the fucking Pixar movies, including up, you know, and, uh, you know, just uh, the Incredibles and a bunch of sci-fi and genre films and everything across the board. Michael Giquino's done the entire series of Lost, you know, and so he's a first time director here and he is masterful. Yes. And this is just an incredibly well paced, incredibly well written, incredibly well cast, just a great looking movie. So much style, a lot of substance. I was laughing. I was excited uh, beginning to end. It's just Perfect.
0: I completely agree with you.
1: And he I also did the music, obviously. <laughs>
0: so. I was not expecting to love this at all, right? So the trailer was really, really good and very intriguing, and um, it came out at just the right time. And I was just like, "All right, I know it's fucking Marvel. I'm getting out of my Marvel slog. My I'm just going back and like rewatching some of these things." I was like, "I'm just gonna watch this." And by the time that that little over an hour, however long it was, was over, I was like, "This movie's fucking brilliant." I mean, it just is. It pays so much homage to horror and in a weird, like, comic book way, right? These are characters that people can recognize from comic books, right? But they're shown in a different kind of light. And it's just, I don't know. It was so good. The acting was great. And it was just really pretty to look at.
1: I saw that trailer and I was blown away, right? And it's got all those soundbites like, y'all want to see this, darling? You know, all those really great like one-liners that this movie has. And then to actually watch this movie and it be just as good or better than the trailer. Oh, yeah. And leave it to a fucking composer to light a tuba on fire <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and blast it on screen. It's great. I just fucking loved this movie so much. And I mean, it's just, it's a really, really good time. And I feel like horror fans should love this. Well, I feel like anybody should love this, really. It's super accessible. Um, it's even, it's like, it's kid friendly, you know? I mean, this is gateway horror right here. Yeah. Maybe a little, a little bit more adult than, yeah. Gateway. I mean, it's like a, a little like a, a tiptoe beyond gateway, but I mean, like when, when kids get to a certain age, you know, even before their preteens, I feel like this is something that they could watch. And it's a really good way for families to like start a horror bond. If you wanted to do something like that, this is a really special, special movie that I don't think that we're going to see something the likes of anytime soon. I think this is a once-in-a-lifetime, a once-in-a-Marvel-time a once kind of movie. And, you know, however it fits into the universe or whatnot remains to be seen. And But if they branch out and use some of this in other Marvel movies, you better fucking believe. Well, they,
1: as far as I've read, they basically gave Michael Giacchino a blank check and said, Hey, we believe in you. You've done so much for us. You get to direct basically your choice of project for Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and he chose this not from something that was presented to him. He went out and and decided that this is what he wanted to do, specifically, right based on like Swamp Thing or Man Thing, Man Thing, man right? Thing. And uh, he const- he constructed this, and and you know, and the rest is history because it's it's amazing, and I'm really hoping that there's talk of like expanding, you know, his doing a series on these characters. And, I love it. And the style and, and everything else. And I'm hoping that he gets his, his due.
0: I hope so. Cause I have such a boner for this movie. Yeah. Just, it's,
1: yeah. it's my number one.
0: <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. So I, so I don't have to ask then.
1: Yeah. And I feel kind of guilty cause it's so short, you know, and it's not so not expected, you know, but it just, it was like remained one of my only five star movies.
0: My number one is something we've already talked about as well. Yeah. And that's the menu. Of course. Yep. Cause I like, I just cannot stop talking about this movie. I have literally told everyone that I know to watch this movie. So my mom watched it and she was just like, oh, I didn't think it was that good. And I wanted to like <laughs> shake her like a British nanny and be like, why? You know, <laughs> I was like, you obviously didn't get it. Let's sit down together and watch it. You know, let's watch it again.
1: I was worried they were going to do it with me for uh, crimes of the future.
0: No, I mean, the thing is, is that, and like also listeners, like with these lists, like we have to say, That these are just our opinions, obviously. Like, whether you agree with us on our top tens or you have your own, like, that's the fun about talking about movies is that you may or may not like something that someone else does, but it doesn't mean you have to tell them they're wrong for it. You know what I mean? And so, The Menu is just a really, really good movie, and it's a perfect movie for me. In fact, my top five from The Batman, Hatching, Resurrection, Werewolf at Night, and uh, The Menu were all five stars. All oh, wow. Them. Every single one. Like, I gave a lot of five stars this year. Okay. So, coming, like, piecing these together to choose my favorites out of those, like, five star movies. And Bones and All was almost a five star. It was so close until, like, the very, very end.
1: Wow. So, my only my only five star was Werewolf by Night.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I gave uh, The Menu, The Black Phone, Adult Swim Mule Log, The Batman, and You Won't Be Alone four and a half stars each. It's
0: close. They're so close to five, you yeah. know? But I, I really feel like. 2022 horror was phenomenal. Like we, we just got, we were treated to a lot of good horror, horror horror-esque, horror-adjacent movies. And still have some to watch. Same. Yeah. And I, I, I really hope that moving forward, like 2023, Will be equally as good. I mean, that will re- re- remain to be seen, you know. But I feel like twenty twenty two was a kind of a year where we're coming out of like pandemic. People are starting to go to the theater again. We had lots of really good mainstream tentpole theater release horror movies, and an excellent choice of things and that are streaming. One or two of those were good. One or two. There's a lot, I feel. I mean, even like movies like Smile, which I didn't expect to like. I kind of liked, you know, I thought it was good. Smile and Fall and Orphan First Kill, you know,
1: the new Scream movie, the new Halloween movie. They're all kind of middling movies, but they were still good time. They
0: were a good time. And they were like, they were decent releases. Nope,
1: nope was one of the better one of those. Nope.
0: Nope was excellent. Barbarian. Almost, <laughs> almost made my top 10. Barbarian was also really good. Close to that. And we haven't even talked about, I mean, do you want to do some special mentions before we get into the, the ones we didn't like? Yeah. I, mean,
1: I feel like the special mentions that are kind of in a different category of themselves, for instance, would be Mad God. Right. No. This is the year Mad God would, was released. And we, again, we actually watched <laughs> that at the Overlook Film Festival
0: for the first time. I really time. was expecting Mad God to be in your top 10.
1: Yeah. you know, and it almost was, it's number 16 on my list because it's just, you know, it is what it is for me. It's a movie that's like 30 years in the making by Phil Tippett. And this is like his magnum opus, his masterpiece, you know, but at the same time, what I go back and watch that as often as these other top tens, you know, it's a little stomach churning. It's really amazing, but. You know, I own the vinyl for it, yeah. <laughs> for the music. There's so many special mentions this year. Like we, like we already mentioned, Nope, there's something to say. Like Kiki Palmer was amazing and Nope. She really, really was. Really watched. standout performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbarian was a surprise. You know, there's like two movies in that. There's a big surprise with Justin Long and I don't want to spoil too much. You know, um, you know, Fall was probably the most white knuckle movie I've seen in a long time. I still
0: need to see that. I really wanted to watch that.
1: I literally, my feet were sweating. And like I was watching that with my sister and literally both of us had soaked through our socks and our hands were just sweaty just like watching that movie because it is so white knuckle.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, again, I mean, there's a lot of movies that I feel like deserve to be really, really close to a top 10. Um, I really enjoyed Don't Worry Darling a I, lot. I, I haven't seen it yet. And... Um, And I wasn't expecting to, you know, the trailer was interesting and you could tell that it's kind of dystopian. Right. But like the twists and turns of that movie are seem very Stepford Wives to me. It's a little Stepford Wives. It's a little a lot of things. Actually, there's a lot going on in that movie. And, you know, Miss Florence Pugh is amazing as always, you know, and like, I don't know. It was like I really enjoyed that movie. Barbarian, you saw way before I did. It took me a minute until it was on HBO max before I watched it. Yeah. But like, talk about like jaw gape. I saw that in the theater. Yeah. I know. I really fucking wish that I did after watching it. Cause like <laughs> some twists in that, I was just like the fuck, but yeah, I don't know. And then like, I guess some of my favorite, like one of my favorite performances this year came from Mia goth sort of like playing the same kind of role in X and Pearl and soon Maxine and soon Maxine. And, um, I was really expecting X at least to be like very, very high, if not in my top 10. And it ended up being 14 on my list. And I still think that X is a really, really good movie. And I think that Mia Goth does a really good job in it.
1: This is a great year for Mia Goth and Ty West because they were able to push those two movies out and Pearl wasn't really planned. Nope. Right. It was kind of dug onto the the end of X and so they released they were able to release both and we kind of in a previous episode maybe a shooting the flames a couple of months ago we were thinking hey maybe he's going to release Maxine before the end of the year and there'll be some sort of Guinness World Book record
0: I really wanted him to he just he didn't quite make it no but it's coming out soon I think within the next like month or so yeah and I, I really want to see the conclusion of this because like Mia Goth has come out and said that like Maxine takes these two movies and like like, ratches it up to, like, 11. Like, apparently it's supposed to be, like, just nutty.
1: I'm a star.
0: I liked Pearl. I thought Pearl—I think I gave Pearl four stars. I liked it. I thought it was— Yeah, fun. I like Pearl, and I liked X.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked X more than I liked Pearl, I think.
0: I did, too. Like, Pearl, I think, is 14. No, X is 14, and Pearl is a little bit lower than that. For I don't even know for reasons, but Mia Goth in both those movies is just really good. Probably in Pearl, she's a little bit better because she's Mm -hmm. getting a little bit more room and she's kind of the actual star Mm -hmm. that she wants to be. But um, I don't know. That movie was like a Technicolor nightmare and it was just good.
1: Oh, it seemed very Technicolor. I love that. I love that you mentioned that.
0: It was an excellent, excellent film. Uh,
1: One movie that uh, is on a lot of indie top tens is called Hellbender. And it very nearly made my top 10. And you still haven't seen this.
0: No, that was on my short list of things to watch leading up to this episode. Yeah. And due to technical difficulties, I could not watch it. And um, so that's the the one movie that I'm kicking myself for not having seen before we recorded this episode.
1: And that might be the one that I have you watch um, that you've missed. What would be one that I've missed that you would have me watch? Would that be Don't Worry, Darling?
0: Yeah, or like Bones and All. I think under okay. under like the right circumstances, because it's a long movie, you know? I don't
1: mind long movies at all.
0: I know you don't.
1: and and um. I binge watch things all the time. I just pause when I need to go pee, you know what I mean? It doesn't I doesn't
0: bother me. I think I had some trepidation just based on conversations that we've had about that man as a director, you know? And I don't know that you would feel the same way about this No, movie I think he's I a,
1: an amazing director. Okay.
0: You just didn't like that one I just don't like either. his movies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> No, I love them. I love them from a uh, aesthetic standpoint. Okay, uh, and how they're they're put together. Um, Suspiria is an amazing film. I just don't really like it that much, but I love it. I don't know. It's I have a weird relationship with that movie. And then call call me by your name. I did not really connect with. I just couldn't connect. Yeah. for
0: for whatever reason
1: i couldn't well, connect to it
0: you're not alone in that i've heard a lot of people say the exact same thing to me um but i think that's probably the one i feel like you would like don't worry darling you know what i mean um but i feel like you would like bones and all more from like a, a filmmaker's perspective yeah so but no maybe one day we'll sit down we'll watch hellbender and then we'll do a double feature and i'll show you that fucking eight hour whatever bones and all yeah it's a
1: long movie so do you want to talk about some of your biggest disappointments?
0: Yeah, I guess it's the part of the episode where you have to do some shitting on things, right?
1: Yeah. And I'm not talking about just bad movies. I'm talking about things that I had high expectations for. I really want it to be good that works. Yes.
0: And that's it. Because some of the movies that are on my biggest disappointments list are not terrible movies. Yeah. You know, they're just not what I wanted them to be.
1: Yeah. You know, I've already shit on Crimes of the Future. Um, I might, well, I didn't, you know, but that's one of my biggest disappointments because it's so, Cronenberg, you know,
0: I was just checking my, my list for the year and crimes of the future is 11 and Yulog was 12. So it really almost cracked my top 10.
1: Yeah. Um, you, you probably won't like my, did you read my review?
0: I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is why I was expecting mad God to somehow like find its way into your top 10. But, um, I don't know. I kind of, I, I liked Crimes of the Future. I liked it a lot. I gave it four stars. I had a good time watching it. I thought it was, it was like quintessential Cronenberg, but so quintessential that it was almost like Cronenberg making a parody of himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was the most Cronenberg of all Cronenberg things. I was bored. I was not. I was so bored. Like I really loved it. in yeah, a way. I was that shocked I to see Cronenberg the movies. budget
1: of that movie. I was shocked to see that it was 25 million. I was like, they could have done this for like a million. Let me go check this out. Twenty five million made three million and I was just like
0: oh, They had to pay done? for Kristen Stewart. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it
1: is. And it, Vigo. I don't know. I don't know. Uh but
0: you know, it's if you're a fan of Cronenberg, watch it you know I think that's why I liked it so much you know what I mean like it's really it's not anything special you know and, and I've seen better Cronenberg movies but it's been a long time since I've got to see a new Cronenberg movie like that maybe a lot of this is just like nostalgia boner for yeah. a director that I like right a, a, a boundary pushing director
1: I was angry because I, I think I was angry because of the situation like I've been through a lot lately at work and, and things like that and was like, I was like I gave you like four movies to watch I was like I have four movies on my list what do I prioritize I can only I have time for one, and this is the one you gave me, and I was like, okay, I'm expecting a lot. This is going to be good, and then like it, I just it just wasn't, and I was like, maybe I should have just spent time like punch doing a punching bag instead, you know?
0: Because <laughs> afterwards, I was just like,
1: one star. This is what a pile of shit.
0: I don't and think it's a one star
1: movie. No, probably not. No, I almost gave it two stars because of the cinematography alone. I you think know, the, the acting is really good.
0: good. The, so yeah, like I, the the woman who plays the the main female character, the artist, right? um She's uh, what is her name is like Lisa do or something. She's a French actress. She's really good in this movie. Like she's excellent. movie. I had movie. trouble
1: with a lot of the dialogue and everything too. But mm. anyway, we're talking way too much about this movie.
0: <laughs> Another big
1: disappointment was from Alex Garland.
0: Oh yeah. Which men. I was expecting to love
1: men. I was, I was expecting to love the shit out of it because we're such huge like fangirls
0: mm-hmm. of Alex
1: Garland and everything that he's done with like written, you know, Ex Machina and Sunshine and, you know, everything else that he's done, you know, and uh, Annihilation. And-,
0: and talk about like a trailer that I mean, like, I really enjoyed this trailer. I was yeah. ready to watch this movie for that. And then like when you sit down and finally watch this and you see where he goes with this and I'm like, I don't understand why you're doing any of it. Like it just wasn't it wasn't a good time. I didn't. And. En- Joy it.
1: I love slow-paced, high-symbolic, me- like layers of meaning oh, that you thing. have to search for, not accessible. The Green Knight is one of those, yeah. but it's there, and there's a lot of meaning. Uh, at least for me, because this is subjective. When I watch things like Men or Crimes of the Future, I think this is like pretentious to the point of of huge fault, you know. And it's so layered in, and it's so you know uh, decadent in a way that I just want to like vomit.
0: <laughs> that's how I felt about men. I mean, yeah, toward the I mean there there are parts of men that I like and but a vast majority of it and that's including the ending of the movie, I just don't, you know, and I'm just like I don't I don't maybe I don't get it, you know, or something. And I'm perfectly fine saying that, you know. Yeah. But the that movie not not great. I think like Jesse Buckley is brilliant. Oh of course. It. You know, she always is. And I think that's the only. Good and so was
1: that actor who played uh, Frankenstein's monster on. Uh, oh yeah, he King was Dribble. good in this too. Yeah,
0: the uh, acting was great. Yeah, and it looked really good too, and it had potential. It just did not live up to it, in my opinion.
1: No, another another big disappointment for me was Hellraiser. Agreed. I think the monsters and Pinhead have never been better in a way. Yeah, but the movie itself was not good. Nope. No, it
0: was, I was a fucking slog. I did. I didn't feel good. I actively didn't like any of the bad
1: X-Files episode where it just was noncommittal. You know,
0: I didn't like any of the non-Cenobite characters. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a fucking cardinal sin for me in movies is that if I can't, if I can't somehow find an emotional attachment to a character, either good or bad, then I will not like the movie.
1: I cared about the brother and they killed him off and then they didn't bring him back.
0: (laughs) He he wasn't there long enough for me to care about him. You know?
1: Uh, another disappointment for me was uh, Scream and Halloween Ends. You know, big pole franchise movies. Um, Halloween was fine, and I need to re- re-examine that after my. You know, it's gonna. I think it's gonna suffer a little bit from like the Prometheus Covenant effect, where you have all these expectations, yeah. And then you watch it uh, years later, you know, without those expectations, and I think that'll that'll be better. And that's much higher on my list than like say Scream. I because so, it just fell flat to me. It didn't, wasn't bad. It just
0: felt everything fell flat to me. I enjoyed the the latest Scream movie, Scream 5, and I'm really looking forward to Scream 6. Um, that looks better. It does. Just based on the trailers. But I, I thought that, because I, I had the lowest of expectations for Scream 5, and it turned out to be a lot funnier and a lot gorier and just different than what I expected. And so like it was sort of like middle of the road as far as like my overall list of 2022. Halloween ends, the exact same thing. After Halloween Kills, I expected the biggest pile of dog shit from the end of this like new trilogy. And when I started watching the movie, I was just like, okay, I really fucking dig this. You know what I mean? It was not at all what I was expecting. It felt
1: contrarian to a fault rather than pretentious.
0: And I guess I'm okay to with me. that. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? Maybe I'm okay with a little contrarianism. but and We're going to defy expectations just to do that for the sake of it. You <laughs> I mean, know?
0: fine. Then at least I'll like your movie. <laughs> but I, I thought that Halloween ends was really good. Not enough to put it in my top 10 or even my top 20. But I mean, I, I liked it a lot more than what I was expecting, and that just makes it a a surprise instead of a disappointment to me. Um, One of the movies that I was looking forward to for a long period of time, because I knew they were making it, was the remake of Firestarter. And there was all this buzz about how it's going to be more like the novel. And I was like, good, bring this remake on or whatever. And it turned out to be just fucking terrible. It is the last movie on my list. It is number 41. Yikes. for the year like it's just not it's just not watch
1: good. midnight special
0: <laughs> yeah much better movie mm, different but yeah <laughs> i like firestarter this remake just is abysmal also i kept hearing all these people and th- this movie is on a lot of people's top tens like a lot of like what? critics really no not firestarter it's the next one i'm gonna talk oh. about it's called we're all going to the world's fair okay and I kept hearing all these, it's a really highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone's was talking about it's weird narrative structure. And I was like, this is my thing, you know? And so I watched this early in the year when I could, and it is just a shit, tacular, boring, stupid movie. I would barely even call it horror. It's like, I don't know. It's like someone took some weird internet challenge and like, let's just turn that into a movie.
1: It sounds like you're talking about Skinamarink.
0: And, <laughs> and God, y'all just wait till up in flames, 2023. Cause you know what? We're, we're going to save that. I have some things to say about Skinamarink. The thing is, I feel like I'm in the minority on this one maybe, but, um, <sighs> <laughs> what a piece of shit that movie is, too. It's almost exactly the same. They're very experimental, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with experimental film, but at least make a fucking movie, you yeah. know?
1: Well, that director for Marink never intended it to be in theaters or anything like that. Like, it just blew up.
0: Yeah. Well, and now it's made, like, eight times its budget or something like that in one week. Yeah. I mean, this one what shows you what marketing and word of mouth can do, mm-hmm. you know? But, oh, that movie. It
1: got famous on TikTok, and that's how it—
0: <laughs> that movie makes me want it makes me want to die <laughs> well speaking
1: of movies that make me want to die I really had a high expectations for Robert Eggers one of our favorite directors from neo-horror movement which is the witch and uh that's the Northman
0: I haven't watched it yet and I wouldn't and I, I haven't watched it yet based on comments like that that you've made this year so. it's a slog yeah
1: and you don't care about the characters really and you know I'd rather just go watch fucking Hamlet you know mm-hmm one of the many adaptions and this is one of them you know and it looks great you know anya taylor joy is amazing cow eyes is great as as usual she's the best part of this whole fucking movie but she's not she's barely in it really comparatively (laughs) and uh there's some really cool gore for sure but you have to those are moments those are like diamonds in the rough of like a three and a half hour like it feels like three and a half hours at least so i don't know it's 137 minutes oh my god
0: I will three hours. It's like just over two. I will fucking watch it, you know, eventually. It's just like after you did, and I was like, oh, you watched it, and then I was expecting you to say good things about it and you didn't. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. I think the last disappointment that I had this year has to do with LGBT horror. And I mean we saw, we saw things like Hypochondriac and technically we watched a movie called Swallowed This Year that is being released in 2023 so like people will be able to see it in a few weeks it's not already out no it's, it's just not, not out or anything no it's just not coming out huh. um but i was really looking forward to watching they slash them
1: i don't know how much i was looking forward to that
0: i mean i liked the concept i thought a horror movie and a gay conversion camp you know what i mean i was just like that's some real life fucking get horror it right they there. slash them yeah
1: <laughs> i hate that dumb
0: I hate so much it just wasn't a good movie like i didn't i didn't like any of the gay characters i was just like oh my god you can kill them now you know and they didn't even do that it took their sweet time like killing people not a good movie bacon what are you doing i know he's been everywhere this year though yeah yeah him and like next year i think nick cage has got a lot of shit coming out too yeah
1: he's playing dracula i've seen that trailer i know
0: in renfield it's gonna be good
1: yeah so let's talk about some of the TV a little bit. I haven't seen nearly enough of it. I think I saw the new American Horror Story. I watched that. What was that? I forget. What was it about?
0: New York. It was, it was <laughs> Oh, crazy. New York it
1: was what the gave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, like, ended really well,
0: kind of. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it from start to finish, actually.
1: Yeah, I was like, this, like, last two-parter episode could, like, win some some Emmys.
0: The the very, very last episode, when they were showing, like, the stages of HIV, yeah. right? Yeah. And sort of this, like, from one character's perspective was just fucking amazing. Yeah,
1: going yeah. through time in the 80s. Yes, with and beyond. And it was, like, a, done to, like, a music video. And mm-hmm. it was done really, really artfully and, and kind of respectfully in a way. But I was not, like, Yeah, it was really, really good. And that's when I told you to watch it. So that was really, really good. But there were three big adaptions, as I see it this year, right? And that's Midnight Club.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Rings of Power. And uh Interview with a Vampire. You know? And some of those are horror-adjacent. Some of those are fully horror. Really, only one of those is horror-adjacent. I guess that would be Ring of Power. Yeah. And so I had really high expectations. And so my expectations after watching these kind of flip-flopped. I did not expect things to shake out as they did because I, you know, we are huge Flanagan fans. Yep. And The Midnight Club was much more Mike Flanagan than it was Christopher Pike. And so I was very disappointed with that um with that sh- with that series because they really really downplayed everything that christopher pike would have in, in that book and other books and kind of wasted the potential there in my opinion having read those books and it's always tough being the reader of the original novel versus seeing something fresh so you have a different perspective on it i'm sure
0: i do i i, I really i enjoyed the midnight club i wouldn't say that i loved it you know but i would say the the, the majority of the episodes like i felt really connected to you i felt emotionally involved with a lot of the characters, um, and I, I don't have that hindsight of having read the book. I've started it now, though. You'll okay. be happy to know. Okay. Um. So, I mean, maybe by the time I finish the book, I will have changed my opinion. But I, I thought that it was a, it was thought it was a decent show, and this is coming from someone who it takes me a while to like really sit down and watch episodic things like i'm just not that kind of guy you know it takes me months and months or even a year sometimes to like sit down and watch and finish something Mm -hmm. and in that vein it took me like over two weeks to finish the midnight club (laughs) so well there's something that that all three of
1: these adoptions have in common and it's where these writers in some way shape or form for better or worse think they know better than the original authors
0: okay yeah
1: flanagan Thinks he knows better than Christopher Pike. Uh, certainly the showrunners of rings of power. And basically in some quotes that they've said, um, they think they know better than Tolkien, which okay. is a high crime in my opinion. I know. And you know, it's a great fantasy show, but it's not Tolkien. Right. So do with that what you will. And then entered with a vampire just fucking slammed me. It is some of the best horror TV I've ever seen. And uh, I did not expect that. I had pretty low expectations Um, and it just got kind of better and better and better. Uh, there's some, some moments where it's not perfect, obviously, but, um, you know, I ended up giving like midnight club a three raise of power, like a three and a half and, uh, interview the vampire. I gave like a full five stars because it was just really, really, really great, um, television. And it's just, the atmosphere is, I, you know, amazing their casting has been amazing and the changes that they made kind of make sense in a way for the most part not everything you know but they're t- they're adding layers versus it's something like they're adding versus taking away you know what i mean you know and i don't like how they're kind of like split one book out into i expected them to get through a full book in the season and it's about basically half a book
0: oh really i didn't know that
1: yeah but you really need to finish it, it just gets it's yeah and it's amazing it, from its whole it's just an amazing show and I'm so happy with it. I'm hearing horrible things about Mayfair Witches oh, that it really departs I've way never, too much.
0: I don't know anything about those books,
1: but I don't know anything about those books either because I never read the Mayfair Witches. But I'm I'm gonna watch it anyway because I want to be I want to throw my money at AMC's Immortal Universe because Interview with the Vampire is so good. And I was I really gonna say
0: you're invested that. in the universe now, so yeah. Out of everything you were talking about, like, obviously, Interview the Vampire is highest on my list to finish, right? I saw, like, the first two or three episodes with you, I think. And um, the same with Rings of Power. And I was kind of enthralled with Rings of Power as we were watching it. But if I'm not watching it with you, I probably would not pick that up. You know what I mean? I I have to say that I did like it more than some of the movies. And, like, that is just because I'm not a fan, really. Or based on memory. Yeah, you know. And so it's like it's
1: probably been 20 years since you've seen those movies.
0: And I need to rewatch them for sure. Oh, we will. Oh, I know. I'm <laughs> we sure will. we'll have we'll have many a deep dive into the enchanted waters of Tolkien. <laughs> Gaze into my palantir. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like in previous years we have had a longer conversation about like horror TV than we did in 2022. Well, we've missed some things.
1: We're not as good about that because we're trying to watch as many movies as we can.
0: Yeah, but I don't. I can't think of any other horror series that I missed this year that I really wanted to watch.
1: There were a few that we haven't seen. Chucky
0: is, I think, the only. Yeah, one.
1: and it was really highly rated, and I really meant to see. some. I haven't
0: seen either of the two seasons yet. Yeah, so which is a fucking crime of the future, and crime of the past. It's a crime of the past. <laughs> of the past. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I just, I, I can't think of other like horror TV shows. Oh shit!
1: Watch. Uh, you know, th- I. I forgot to mention several others, you know, because there's, there's that love death and robots was amazing this year.
0: Oh, yeah, it really was
1: a lot of horror cabinet of curiosities fucking came out. Yeah. And, and I think that was hit or miss, but some of those were really good. Some oh. of those episodes were some of the best horror of the year. Right. And maybe we'll have to do it like a top 10 of some at some point because some of those episodes were amazing.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's some really good standouts in that one. You're right. You know, there are more horror TV shows because I did watch Cabin Curiosities and. Um, and you
1: watched Love, Death, and Robots, new stuff, right?
0: Yeah. We watched it together. Yeah. And And it, it was you're right. It was just like 95 percent horror. It was really good.
1: Yeah. And actually it's better every
0: fucking season.
1: Though. I originally had them in my top tens list and they were like taking up everything, all these individual episodes. Cause they're all like hour long, short movies kind of like, and finally I had to just take them out because it was just going to be like, and this is this episode of, you know, it was gonna be riddled in my top 10. And I was just like, no,
0: I mean, but with that being said, I still f- feel fine. That werewolf by night has a place in our top. Ten, yeah. Cause like, it's like, so standalone.
1: High. It's not part of a show. It's his own exactly. thing. Exactly.
0: It's a fucking movie, you know? Yeah. And I guess the same could be said of, like, Cabinet Curiosities, but um, it still felt like TV and not like a movie, whereas Wolf of the Night felt like a fucking movie. Yeah. You know? So. Well, it wouldn't be an Up in Flames episode if we did not look forward, if we didn't gaze into the Palantir of 2023 and talk about some of the movies that are coming out this year. Um, some of them I am looking forward to. Some of them I could probably just let die on the street somewhere. So yeah. Um, Infinity pool. Infinity pool will come out this weekend at the time of this recording. And this is a Brandon Cronenberg movie. Mm. And I had high hopes for possessor. No, didn't like it. It was, Neither. I was dashed. And so I hope I'm, I'm giving him a second chance. I hope that he does not do the same thing. Cause if he is all fucking talk and no like output, then I think I might be done with him yep so
1: next up is Knock at the Cabin and which the, I am really looking forward oh to and this is God. in my Shyamalan
0: yes this, this is maybe the first like Shyamalan movie I've been looking forward to in quite some time yeah so. probably because I've read the novel okay and based on the trailers that I've seen, it doesn't seem like they're changing a lot from the novel. And that makes me very happy. And he's a very competent director. So. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like this is going to be a good one.
1: Does the, does the book have a twist
0: at the end? It does have a twist. There's well, many there twists. There's twists throughout the book. Okay. So this is like M. Night Shyamalan blowing his twist load. Uh, also coming out this year, finally, since we've been talking about it, I feel like for fucking ever is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> I'd rather watch Cocaine Bear. Which I'm super looking forward to. Two bears, two different movies, whatever. I'm still going to watch One of the People at Honey. It's really going to be our year. Year of the Bear. Year of the Bear. It's not Year of the Rabbit, my ass. <laughs> year of the Bear. Cocaine Bear? Fuck yes. Like the day that it opens. I don't care if we go to a fucking midnight showing the night before. We are going to see that fucking movie and I'm going to be fucking stoned. Uh, Scream 6, we've already talked about a little bit in this episode. Yeah, the teaser was
1: good. The trailer gave away way too much. It felt like I watched the movie. Yeah. I hate when that happens, but hopefully I'm wrong. And
0: I was still movie, intrigued, yeah. you know? In a way, I mean, I feel like uh, we said the same thing about Scream 5. We were like, oh, the trailer gave too much away. And then I watched the movie and I was like, it's not what I expected. I, I liked it a lot more, mm-hmm. you know? So hopefully this like... And also I love it when horror franchises just randomly go to New York. <laughs> i'm like <laughs> it's like one of my favorite tropes <laughs> i'm just like come on bring it um ari oster's new movie "Bo is afraid is coming out and he had described it as sort of a comedy and it doesn't look like no it's gonna be the comedy trailer at all. is all
1: over the place it looks like 15 movies mashed together i
0: know i don't <laughs> know what to expect this man is insane yeah evil dead rise i'm on the fence for i loved the trailer. Yeah, it's good. I thought the trailer was excellent. It's it's very- I think I sent you the link and I was like, holy shit. It's very Sam Raimi. It's like, I am here for it. I'm glad that it's getting a theatrical release and not going straight to streaming because it seems like something I want to go see in the theater. Yeah. So- let know the Exorcist remake. Is that really coming out in 2023? Yeah, in October. God damn. I know. I don't know. And it's not even a remake. It's supposed to be a direct sequel to the original. But they're remake.
1: going to call it The Exorcist, right?
0: Yeah, they're calling it That's The Exorcist. Just,
1: just like, like the he, thing. Just like he
0: called it Halloween. when <laughs> he Halloween. Made this. He's doing another fucking trilogy. I hate that. I'd be more interested in Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot has been shelved until now. They're saying that it's coming out in 2023. It was supposed to come out in 2022.
1: Is it going to be like a TV thing or is it an actual movie?
0: No, it's a movie. Okay, And it's... Apparently a very faithful adaption of the novel. Seems like something Flanagan could have done. Probably. Um, but uh, this movie needs to come out. And right now it's slated for some time toward the fall. So Okay. We also have The Strangers, which is um, the first in a new trilogy of movies based on that original film, The Strangers, that scares the shit out of me to this day. Mm. And anytime there's talk of doing like a sequel or something new with that property, I just want to die. And I, I don't know. I mean, like the strangers to pray at night is slowly growing on me. I've seen it a couple times now and maybe this one will too, but I don't know why they're making a remake already of this movie. It seems slapdash and stupid.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Next up is the boogeyman, which is a Stephen King story based on a short story,
0: a really scary story, short story, in my opinion. And this was supposed to go directly to Hulu. This is why I added it to the list. It was supposed to be streaming on Hulu next month, but after audience has, after audiences have seen it recently and it got such a good reaction, they are going to send it to the theater. Okay. Yeah. Even, even bigger movie. And maybe just, maybe just like every year we've done a fucking up in flames episode, perhaps five nights at Freddy's is coming out this year. (laughs)
1: I don't even remember the story behind
0: this. Yeah. is there a story? I mean what the movie or is has, has it they've
1: been holding on to it? Has it been done? Like if-
0: Well, they're always like, We're gonna make it. Like a script has been written. It's been greenlit and then like Months and months to a year would go by. They're like, we're still gonna do it, but now it's been cast. I think they're actually filming it now. It may or may not make it to 2023. It may be 2024. Who the fuck knows? But damn it, I'm tired of talking about this movie already. Just let me fucking see it.
1: I should make it a TV show and like, it should be like episode one, the first night, the second night, the third night, the fourth night, a five episode show, miniseries.
0: You're right. Then I'd never watch it. (laughs)
1: just skip to the fifth night
0: (laughs) well I think that just about burns down 2022 it is up in flames officially and as always we would like to know what your favorites and maybe not so favorites of 2022 were. You can tell us on social media at The Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email
1: us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or you can call our hotline at 972-666-7733.
0: That wraps up everything we have on the main feed for you, but we have some romantic and beyond horror movies coming out in February to talk about, and they are Heather's and the craft and the craft and if you need more Film Flamers content head over to patreon.com slash the Film Flamers where you will find a poll to vote in the movie that we're going to talk about over there
1: that's right and it's going to be
0: made up of our uh,
1: high school horror top 10 from way back in the day
0: that's right a blast from the past
1: twos and threes of years ago
0: uh, we have a new review in the pipeline ready to read on our next Shooting the Flames episode, but we would like even more. So head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and tell us why you like us and we're going to read that on Shooting the Flames.
1: Well, Robert. Well, Chris. I need to
0: cut it bed. Yeah. Burns and all. I need to... I need to up works for everything. this night. I know. <laughs> what a good title. It just works. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> Don't fall. You won't be alone. <laughs> alright with all that said let's go have some sweet sweet dreams
1: man we should have done like scariest movie monster and I've been like that fucking log
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't give it away